Hey everyone, welcome into the Monday, July 25th episode of the Locked on Least podcast. Man, my voice is hoarse, David. I had a rough weekend. And as I was celebrating my soon-to-be brother-in-law's bachelor party, I looked down on my phone and I see Matthew Kachuk en route to Florida. And a couple minutes later, the return comes through. And I'm like, what? I was that meme. I was that guy of being at the club and just trying to show everyone my phone and talk about sports. That was me this weekend. I was so floored by it. So we got to get into this. The Kachuk trade reaction podcast. What does it mean for the divisional foes of the Florida Panthers? And also Jay Fresh put out uh, a fan survey poll of the top defensemen in the league. We'll see where the Maple Leafs D-men ranked amongst the league, according to fans in the sport. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. All that more on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can also catch us up on video on uh, YouTube. Just search up Locked On Leafs on YouTube. I'm going to gut through today, Dave. I'm going to gut through today. I'm, my, As you could tell, I'm, I'm barely holding it together with my voice. There's a lot of parting over the weekend, and uh, I'm, I'm just barely holding it together. But we got to talk about this Mac and Chuck stuff, all right? Because like I said, I literally was like just partying my face off in the club, having a good time with all my friends. And I looked down at my phone, and boom. Sounds like Kachuk is going to Florida. And I'm like, wow, I wonder what could be coming back. When I see Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, and a first-round pick as the return, I was floored, to say the least. Like, the fact, like, I, I it blows anything Toronto could have gave them out of the water. That's first and foremost. And second of all, to still go out and get yourself, like, swap out Kachuk for a 100-point winger and then also add a legitimate top-four defenseman and a first-round pick and a prospect, Cole Schwint, is a masterful job from Brad Tree Living, who really, like, had little leverage because he knew Matt Kachuk wanted out and everyone knew he wanted out and still was able to get a lot of good value for Kachuk, I understand that Huberto only has one year left on his deal, as is Mackenzie Weger. So it is a bit of a gamble in the same way that Matt Kachuk would have been a gamble to go into this season with. But you could flip those and get even more assets and bigger assets if they do not want to return to Calgary in the way that Matt Kachuk did. We'll see. They're Canadian, so that does bode a little bit better, I suppose, that they won't have that um, that want to go down south potentially. But either way, I thought that Tree Living uh, maybe did as good as he as anyone thought, probably even better 
than anyone thought that he could get as a return for Matt Kachuk in Calgary. Yeah, no, I, I think considering all the talk about, you know, how Calgary was in a very tough position with the Kachuk stuff, considering what happened with Goudreau, and, you know, you know he wants out. So how much is a team willing to just go, yeah, we'll wait it out. We'll just wait for Kachuk to play his one year if he does a qualifying offer, which could have been still a possibility. Reach free agency, and then we'll take our shot there. But with Florida, Calgary pretty much told Florida, we'll we'll work out the contract for you. And I think this is where I think Calgary was fortunate. And if you hear Matthew Kachuk kind of talk about his desire to get out of Florida, he didn't want to just leave Florida high and dry. He basically said, I'll sign the extension for you and you find the best trade. Because that's essentially what happened. It was a sign and trade. Yep. So then for so then Calgary can at least go to a team and say, Look, this is the contract, this is what he wants. Uh take what you what's your best offer, right? And I, I think it was good that Kachuk was willing to give Calgary that at least. And to get, yeah, a guy who was second in the league in points or up there in points, he was among the Hart Trophy candidates, you get a top four defenseman who Trey Leaving believes will be potentially top pairing minutes type of guy, Mackenzie Weger. Was with Ekblad this year. Yeah, exactly. And you get another, you know, you get a prospect who, you know, I think I, think I read a scouting report that said he could be a, at worst third line center in the NHL, plus the conditional first round pick, which the condition is a lottery. Which yeah, lottery protected. I don't see Florida as a lottery team if you got Matthew Kachuk in the fold for the next eight years. Yeah, probably not. So you get a first round pick out of it too. And, you know, I you, you see what Florida gave up and you see what Calgary got back. It's It was so startling. And then you also see that I think a lot of the, I think, what was it? Only $1 million of Kachuk's contract is actually salary and the rest is signing bonuses. Yeah. Like yeah. Florida paid big time. They for did. This deal. They like, did. This, they wanted him. They wanted him bad. Yeah, like like pretty much. Uh, Barry Zito was just like all the cards were out there. He wasn't hiding anything. He was not bluff. He basically said, "What's it gonna take? We're gonna get this done." Like, like check, fill it in yourself. Exactly. Like, essentially, is, is what happened. And like, yeah, I man, I. I Still can't believe that uh, that they were able to do that, and, and they just gave up so so much. Oh, um, but like now you look at it, I, like is is Florida a better team by making this trade? Like I know that a lot of people thought they got pushed around a little bit in the playoffs, and and Huberto maybe didn't play with that playoff physicality that that you that you need that Kachuk will bring you. But like Mackenzie Weger is is like a playoff caliber defenseman, I guess. Like hits, block shots, eats minutes, and then you're also giving up futures in Schwint and a first-round pick. Also, Florida now has zero first-round picks in four years. It's four years in a row where they'll make no first-round picks. It's kind of wild. But, like, I know you're bringing in a Matt Kachuk, but does that make you better by losing Huberto and Uyghur off your squad? That's where I, I look at this and I'm like, now, I know long-term, maybe they weren't going to bring back Huberto and Uyghur, and I'd heard that Uyghur was – they are looking to trade him anyways. Like, he's been on the block recently. and But getting rid of those two pieces and only adding one, like, you could argue Kachuk and Huberto, maybe they swap in, but then you're losing out on your top pair defensemen 
and that's what Uyghur brought for you this season. It's kind of wild. I, 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 I applaud them for being able to go out, swing big, and get Kachuk, but I'm not sold that this actually makes Florida that much better. I don't think it makes them like much worse, but did it put them like above and beyond? Did it put them into Stanley Cup contender status? Because look what's going out the door. And yes, I get it. Kachuk's coming in, and he's a terrific player who brings an edge and an element that every team wants and needs, especially come playoff time. But like, it gave up a lot to do it. Like, see what what this does here. Yeah, you get to bring in Kachuk to work with Barkov. That's a good trade off for 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 Florida there. But what it does to the defense, their top two defensemen right, right now are uh, Ekblad. And I guess you say Brandon Montour. To me, that's not Stanley Cup can defense. I know you got Sergei Bobrovsky in goal. He's had his ups and downs. He's still a pretty good goaltender. But but not only are they $3.4 million over the cap, so they can't just go and bring in another defense but without trading something out. So what they have to trade out now up front in terms of their forwards to not only get cap compliant, but also to try to fix that blue line. Like this, this is not the Florida, like this Florida Panthers team, even though Matthew Kachuk is a good player, I'm not worried about going up against them, you know, this season. If you look at the way that their blue line has just been totally gutted, especially by yeah. losing McKenzie Weaker. Yeah, it's Gustav Forsling is like, he's a nice player, but he's. A four at best, and and, and that's what I, like I'm looking at this defensive group. I mean, they brought in Mark Stahl, so like he's now going to play significant games for you. Do they have any defensive prospects? Uh, they signed Nathan Steos um, as an undrafted free agent. They brought in, yeah, not really. <laughs> there's there's also no prospects yeah. coming in through the pipeline either. So yeah, that that blue line's gonna gonna struggle. I I think that blue line's gonna struggle a little bit. Um and. Toronto can feast, but I mean, they, they still have a lot of really good pieces up front. Right. And for talking about a guy who they probably are looking to move to try and make a, make the salary work. Got to think Patrick Hornquist, right? 35 years old. He's making 5.3 million bucks. He does have a modified no trade, which probably is like a 10 teamer or something like that. Let me see. Eight team. Eight team. So I mean that means that there's still like 24 teams out there that he can that he can get traded to without having to submit any type of list, right? So they could probably get from underneath that contract to get back uh, back into uh, the green in the salary cap. But yeah, like I I'm, I don't know why it just seems like they lose out on that one defenseman and it just makes that blue line look very questionable. I mean, it was questionable last year, to be honest with you. Um, I, it was. And then they traded. They brought in Ben Chirot, and, and it was like, okay. So you added Uyghur and Chirot, but now you take those guys both off of your list. It's like, oof, where's the physicality on that blue line? Like, you got Racco Gudis, I guess. And, like, outside of that, not the best. So, you know, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, they could go out there, and they might be able to have a heyday. With this team's uh, with this team's defense, but again, playing with a guy like Matt Chuck, that's uh, also a little bit hard to do, as we all know. Yeah, like you, you obviously are going to for Florida. They feel like the addition of Matthew Chuck is going to make them that tougher team to play against. But 
they they just invested so much money into different guys up front, and like even trading Huberdo does impact the way that the rest of the lineup kind of help, works out because he was more the playmaker style. So you could put him even on the second line, and he can you know at least elevate the guys on that second line to give the Panthers that depth of scoring. But yeah, I, I just think that like is Mark Stahl gonna be the answer to help your blue line? No. no. Like like no. Gustav Forsling was a waiver claim. Like even his Yeah, but he's turned into a good defenseman. I'll say it. Gustav Forsling, he's a top four defenseman. So like there there are pieces there. It's just it's it's so, not so I'm looking at daily faceoff right now to see how they have their lineup kind of set up. I, I think I can do a screen share, no? Yeah, you can. Okay, I'll 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 screen share this and uh, we'll take a look at these line combinations. So, is it working? Yep. Okay, beauty. Look at this defensive unit. Like they have Gustav Forsling on the top line now, top pair with Eric Blad. They've got Lucas Carlson and Radko Gudis as your top four. Like at this point, Gudis should not be a top four defenseman. And then Mark Stahl and Brandon Montour as your third pair. And then up front, Kachuk with Barkov for Hagee. For Hagee could definitely go in there and be, you know, he maybe for Hagee takes over that role as a playmaker who can kind of flip between the first and second line there. Uh, I think Anton Lundell's a good player too. He should be able to go up. But like you got Patrick Hornquist. As your fourth line right winger, making over five sheets, yeah, I would imagine that uh, a trade will be coming, and uh, he, he probably won't be making the playoffs anytime, or uh, won't be on this roster much longer. No, I, I, I cannot, I can't see Florida going. Well, they obviously can't go on with this roster because they, it's not cap compliant, unless, unless uh, you know. Hornfist ends up on uh, Lou Island right now where he's like going to go on LTIR, which I don't see that happening. So, and and if you listen to other, uh, we've heard that it's hard to take money right now. Teams are not willing to take on salary. So it's not going to be easy for Florida to just go ahead and try to trade a Patrick Hornfist either. Yeah. And they don't have first round picks to move those either. So it makes it even more increasingly difficult to make that type of move. But we'll see what happens with the Florida Panthers. I'm kind of excited now for uh, a little Florida v. Toronto action, and, and we'll see how the Panthers can do. But something that I also am excited about is we can see Brady and Matt Kachuk play multiple times a season as they're now in the same division with Ottawa and Florida. Um, before we get into this article or this um the survey from Jay Fresh ranking all the defensemen in the NHL. Dave, why don't we hear from one of today's show sponsors, Bet Online? Yep, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find, re- find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. 
Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morsuti. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs. Um, so Jay Fresh, who's a fantastic Twitter follow, if you uh, don't follow him online, but, you know, big analytics guy, creates those hero cards and everything. And he put out a rankings survey to uh, to all of his fans. I think he has a Patreon that, that you can use as well. And basically said, we want to see how you rank these defensemen and the qualification of it was like um, they had to play at least 18 average 18 minutes a game this year, like was like the lone qualification. So they weren't talking about, you know, random bozos out there, but uh, everybody who played at least 18, uh, yeah, 18 minutes a game or higher uh, this season. So let's go through where the Leafs land on this list, Dave. Um, so, well, I guess we can go through like the top few first. But Kale McCarr obviously was ranked number one coming off the season he had. Didn't surprise me at all. Victor Hedman uh, coming in at number two, tied with Roman Yossi. So those guys, one, two, three, makes a heck of a lot of sense that those were the three guys who ended up becoming uh, kind of top three players. Mo Sider coming in at number nine, uh, the rookie f- who ended up winning, stealing, I should add, the Calder from Michael Bunting, comes in at number nine, uh, along with Quinn Hughes coming in at number 10. That was kind of wild to see those two young cats already be looked upon as top 10 guys in the NHL. Um, Bowen Byram also coming in at 30th. So a lot of lot of love and hype for Bo Byram as well. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Keep scrolling. Here we get to our first Maple Leaf. Morgan Riley coming in at number 18. So 18th best defenseman in the NHL, according to um, this fan results survey or fan survey results. That's a little generous for me because I'm looking at the guy like under like John Carlson or Morgan Riley. I John Carlson is more of the offensive upside defenseman. Like I, I can see wh- where you're, where you're thinking of. Like is John, and even Shea Theodore. I think he's a pretty underrated defenseman to me, and I feel like he should be higher on that list. Jared Spurgeon is incredibly an underrated defenseman to me yeah. as well. Um, but Morgan Riley comes in at, at 18th in uh, on this list, I suppose. And there's not another Maple Leaf for a while actually so like morgan riley comes in at 18th and then you have to go all the way to the 50s before you get to your next best defenseman for the maple leafs and that's tj brody in there at 56 right behind see again this is i'm curious tj brody comes in at 56 with like keandre miller evan bouchard ahead of him which surprised me a little bit because i thought Brody is Brody's yeah. a very underrated defenseman. He's certainly to me a top 50 defenseman in the NHL. Like I would have him over a lot of people. He certainly like TJ Brody had a better year than Eric Carlson this season. Like yeah. TJ Brody at this point in his career, I think is a better defenseman than Eric Carlson. Also availability Carlson. being the best ability. Eric Carlson came in at 33rd. A lot of that probably comes in as name value. And yeah. I get that. But TJ Brody, People got to put some respect on that man's name because whenever there is, I don't want to call it an issue, but whenever they 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 need a defenseman to kind of step it up, you put him with Brody, and all of a sudden he's fixed. Yeah, he's, he's a fixer, right? Like Morgan Riley, when does he play his best hockey? When he's with TJ Brody. 
Jake Muzzin, when did he play his best hockey? With TJ Brody. Justin Hall, when did he play his best hockey? I'm just trying. Yeah, usually when he was playing with TJ Brody. Yeah, TJ Brody was on the left side. Justin yeah. Hall was on the right side. Right, I remember that now. Who was the defenseman next to Mark Giordano when he won his Norris Trophy a couple years ago? That was Mr. TJ Brody. You're going to tell me this man doesn't deserve to be higher than 56th on this list? Like even like Noah Dobson, I know he's like a high ranked prospect. He had come in with a lot of is he better? He had a big year though. He had like forty six points, I think. Did he really? Okay, yeah. Like, but like, but like if we're talking about like I, I'm looking at some of these guys here, like Brett Pesci. Good. Defense. I put him ahead of Brett Pesci. Yeah, <clears throat> I put him ahead of Brett Pesci. Um, I put him ahead of Eric Chernak too. Yeah, probably ahead of Chernak. Like they're two totally different defensemen. So yeah. a little tough to, I guess, like rank them or rate them. But I would definitely put him ahead of Pesci. I would say put him ahead of Provorov, who had a, a tough year this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a couple of teams that probably – or a couple of guys that he probably should have been ahead of. Uh, all right, keep moving down the list here. We got next up Jake Muzzin coming in at 63. Jake Muzzin at 63. I think that's actually probably appropriate. That's fair. Considering the year he had and things like that, I think that's pretty good for him. You'll take that if you're a Leafs fan. Yeah, I and again, when it comes to Jake Muzzin, you just got to hope that he, he can bounce back and stay healthy this year, and he can be a quality second-pair defenseman, which is basically what you're at. If you're like a 60th best D-man in the NHL, you're basically second-pair uh, second guy. Mark Giordano coming in at 69 for Mark Giordano. Again, pretty well, I think, uh, where I expect this to be. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the guy. It's always about who did he come in ahead of. And there's not many guys on the list below him that I would say he are better than him. Like OEL had a sneaky good year, especially defensively. I'm surprised he's so low. Yeah, I just think people are are lower on him because his contract, right? What the Canucks gave up to in that well didn't really go too too much in that trade. Yeah, that shouldn't that that shouldn't that really trade worked out for them, I think. But it's just that I doesn't I, matter in, in a rankings like this, though. No, I well, it's when it's a fan rankings like a, a player's popularity also contract plays a lot into it. I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, no, I think like, you know, Eric Carlson, uh, sorry, Eric Carlson, Ekman Larson probably could have been a little bit higher on the list. Um, but I think that's a good for considering now what the Leafs are paying Mark Giordano to see him where he is on the list. That's pretty good. I mean, I would have OEL over both Jake Muzzin and Mark Giordano. Just by the way, <laughs> I would personally. Yeah. Like, as if we're, t- if even if, I mean, take away the contract side. OEL probably yeah he's got a little more ups probably has a lot more upside than both of those defensemen. Uh, I just wanted to see let's maybe move on to the other side here because I think we get pretty then we get pretty low. Hey, look, there's Gustav Forsling sitting there at eighty. See that's low. That's low to me. I think Forsling's probably up in and around where like Muzzin should be, mm-hmm. like in that kind of area, like that uh, that that. I'm also a little surprised that Dante Fabro is this low too. I think he should have been a little bit higher than some of the Yeah, guys. he didn't have the best season, I don't think, with Nashville either. Um, Phil Pronick 
was touted to be a, a top defenseman. Oh, look at Tyson Berry falling all the way down to 90. Oof. Sean Dersey, former Maple Leaf, coming in at number 92. Alex Romanov, who was just given up for a first-round pick, was at 94. Yeah, your boy Connor Murphy, 95. Yeah, I'll take a Connor Murphy on Toronto. I don't think it's going to happen anymore, but I'll take it. Ben Sherrod just got paid a boatload of money to go to Detroit. He's comes nice. in at number 97. Zach Whitecloud's actually a low-key underrated defenseman, too. I like Zach Whitecloud a lot. I think this yeah. year will have a big season. Um, but we don't get to our next Maple Leaf until Justin Hall comes in ranked at number 119. Yes, he wasn't the worst defenseman in the NHL who played 18 or more minutes a game. So take that as a win, ladies and gentlemen. The guys below him, like yeah, the guys below him though, like Jordan Spence, who's a rookie, I think, this year, Justin Braun. Matias Samuelson's gonna be a nice player, by the way. He came in halfway through the year. He's a rookie with Buffalo. I think his name's just not known, but he should be higher on this list. I think he will become next season. Mm-hmm. Nick Holden, who actually had like a two-week stretch where he was so good. I picked up a fantasy and he was getting me like a lot of points. So <laughs> interestingly that he's on this list as well. Um, Nikita Zaitsev coming in at 126. Look at that. Three, three of the final six players. If you all <laughs> for the Ottawa senators, you can even include Eric Brandstrom in that as well. That four. True. You got four Ottawa defensemen in like the bottom, bottom eleven. Like that's, yeah. it's not very because that's the thing about Ottawa. Like a lot of people say, they made some decent moves, but their blue line remains the trash. Big... Yeah, straight up trash. Rasmus Ristolainen is definitely the biggest name that is so low on this list at one twenty seven. Like. Is he the second worst defenseman among all D-men who played 18 minutes a night plus last year? Is he really the second worst guy? Is Rasmus with the line worse than Nikita Zaitsev? I, personally, I don't, think, I don't think I don't think so, but I also know that a lot of fans do not like Rasmus with the line Well, he's just like he is the analytics devil. Like you've got analytical darlings out there. He is the opposite of that. Like analytically driven people want to gouge their eyes out with a fork when they watch Rasmus Sandin play hockey. Um, yet the Philadelphia Flyers traded a first round pick for him last year yeah. and then gave him a brand new long term extension, making like five or so million, I think, between four and five mil, I think. And yet they, have, and they couldn't afford to sign Johnny Goodrow. I wonder why. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So interesting list. Interesting list. Um, you can go check the full thing out over at Jay Fresh if you'd like. Uh, his Twitter account at Jay Fresh Hockey. Um, I just thought that it was interesting, and and you know there were some leaves that were out there on the list. I think I, I, I believe Brody was a little bit too low. Um, he should have been moved up a little bit higher. The rest probably relatively where I would have them, give or take like a few spots, I guess. Um, but. I would say that uh, overall, um, the Leafs were properly slotted. There's some other guys who were not, in my opinion. But mm. uh, from a Leafs perspective, I thought that uh, the fan base pretty well properly slotted them, which makes sense because the Leafs are such an educated fan base, and they don't they don't hold back either when guys suck. 
and stink. They're like, yeah, Justin Hall, yeah, he's the 119th defenseman. Uh, he, he he stinks. So they will rate him that low. They won't overrate uh, no. overrate struggling players. They may overrate their stars in a way, but not their middlings slash you know bottom pair guys. Especially when they, they're try- like Leafs fans have been trying to trade Justin Hall for the last God knows how long. Yes. Yeah, it's it's been a while. All right, um, that will do it for us here today in the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morasudi. Also follow along with the show at Lockdown Leafs. Uh, leave a like and a comment down below your thoughts on whether or not this trade bringing in Makachuk made the Florida Panthers stronger or weaker and how that matchup can go between the Leafs and the Florida Panthers going into next year. Let us know your thoughts on that down below. Uh, We'll be back with another episode for you guys on Wednesday. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.